When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. G'day, g'day. Welcome along. Summer mornings, SEN. Great to have your company wherever you're tuned in on 11.70am in Sydney. SENQ, 693 in Brisbane, 16.20 on the Gold Coast. And via the SEN app, my open line number, I want to hear from you today. Free call, 1300 1170 And that text line, 0457 736 736. Let's have a quick look at the weather across the listening area. Sydney today, max 29, shower or two. Brisbane, maximum Top temps of 30 possible shower. And the Gold Coast, max 29 shower. So I feel like the weather's been pretty similar, really, hasn't it, for the past week? Probably didn't need to change it from day to day. Now, Bharat Sundaresan, our dear friend from Crick Bars and SEN Cricket, the net whisperer, you know who he is. Uh, he's in Adelaide. He's keeping an eye on this West Indies Cricket Australia 11 game. He'll join us shortly on the program. And BP, of course, Brett Phillips, our resident tennis expert, is back. We catch up with him every day throughout the course of the Australian tennis summer. 0457 736 736. And so much, so much in and around cricket and selections and the rest of it. We'll get back to that poll that we ran yesterday with regards to Lance Morrison resting one of the quicks. But it was confirmed. It was confirmed. SPD Smith will open the batting and could finish his career as a test opener. What about that? So George Bailey... The selection chair spoke at length yesterday. Quash suggestions too that moving Smith up the order was any kind of stopgap measure. As Daniel Cherney's reporting today. And then he went on to Lord Smith for his selflessness and after, of course, Smithy volunteered to replace David Warner at the top of the order. And what that does is that it allows Cameron Green to return to the 11. There's a strong push from the players to get Cameron Green back in the side for that first test against the West Indies in Adelaide and beyond. And these moves were confirmed by Bailey yesterday. He'll announce the 11. It's a bit unusual, too, to announce it seven days out from the start of the series. It was a 13-man squad was unveiled. But he said, George Bailey, that the selection panel's determination to pick the best six batsmen available shaped their decision to move Smith into the new role. And he's 34 years young now, Steve Smith. And they, they keep coming back to Cameron Green. Not just George Bailey, but even Andrew McDonald's comments last week about how good, how valuable... Green is. You take a step back from this, and it was almost a fait accompli, and then you wonder how close Bancroft ever really was to being picked. And I'll play you his comments re Bancroft shortly. But Bailey just said, look, the regard in which we hold Cameron, the way the rest of the batting order is functioning, left us feeling like we have someone who we think is pretty talented, potentially was going to find it hard to get any test cricket in the next 12 months or so. I understand it. Strategic thinking to get him in the side. And we discussed this at length yesterday, not just the batting, but the bowling and the fielding. 
So the question is, well, how do we get him in the side? Could he open? Yeah. Do we want to thrust him in that position? Put that pressure on the young kid? His big, long limbs? Well, you've got a bloke like Smith, an accomplished player, knows his game. We mentioned yesterday, Smith's test average when he comes in to bat in the first two overs is 106. So he's got no issue with the new ball, Peter Devereux. He's motivated to do it. He's energised. He's keen to do it. And further to that, there are others in the team whose names were floated as potential openers, namely Head and Marsh. He said, no, nah, I don't really want to do it. Well, that made the decision far, far easier. But anyway, if he's motivated to do it, he feels like he can do it. He's achieved a lot in his career, Steve Smith, in all formats. So if that's an itch that he'd like to scratch, well, they're prepared to gamble and roll the dice on that. But he did say, George Bailey, no, no, this is not an experiment. It might extend his career. He wants this to be a new chapter in his career, in the back end of his career. And the panel says, look, we don't generally look too far ahead, but he might finish his career as an opening batter. Normally they go the other way, don't they? They slide down the order, although I did speak to Alex Doolan yesterday, and he ended up opening the batting at the back end of his Sheffield Shield career. So you've got the two matches against the West Indies. It's a nice way to ease into the new role for Steve Smith and for Cam Green, for that matter. Then they go to New Zealand. A few different conditions. It seems a bit more, although the thing about New Zealand pitches, I mean, they look as you know, green as the rolling hills of Ireland, but they tend not to seem as much as, they, as you think they will. And then there's a bit of a break, and then, of course, the two big summer tours of India and England beyond that. But it's interesting. Oh, you've got to pick a specialist. You've got to pick a specialist. But he did say, George Bailey, the idea of, of opening with a specialist, not necessarily rooted in fact. He talked about Kawaja, you know, Watson and a handful of others, Simon Kadich, a few that have ended up opening the batting that weren't traditional openers. And I get that. He says, it's an interesting one. I feel like over the last couple of weeks, I've heard the line specialist opener. Historically, look at the last 30, 35 Aussie openers. I reckon about half of them actually weren't openers, didn't start as openers. So I don't know what comes first, the specialist bid or the opportunity to perform. Well, they've got their new opener now. And let's see how he goes, Steve Smith. You wouldn't back against him, would you? And I saw the front page of the West Australian banned Croft. And we touched upon this yesterday, some kind of anti-WA conspiracy. Well, hang on. He lost his spot to another Western Australian by the name of Cameron, who's a better cricketer. And this is no disrespect to Cam Bancroft, a wonderful player. But there's just more upside to Cameron Green, whichever way you dissect it. Shield average of 54. He's 24 years of age. He bolted 140 clicks. He's a world-class gully fielder. So he said, George Bailey, they've picked the six best batsmen. He's probably right. And for those complaining about Renshaw, they go, okay, well, if he doesn't make the side, I get that. Green's, Green's in. But, you know, how does Renshaw get picked ahead of Cameron Bancroft? Uh, I saw this in Crick Info. First-class numbers since July 1st, 2022. Marcus Harris, 46 innings, 1,759 runs, 600s at an average of 39.97. Cameron Bancroft, 41 innings, 1,731 runs, 600s at an average of 46.78. Matthew Renshaw, 35 innings, 1,566 runs, 700s at an average of 52.2. So those are the first-class numbers since July 1st, 2022. Renshaw's are superior and half, if not more than half, of those have come from the middle order. So that's why they picked him. So this is just you know, far from the controversy that so many people are making it out to be. 
And again, I get why Bancroft might be disappointed. He should be disappointed, but there is no conspiracy here. There is not one conspiracy here. And George Bailey had shut down all that conspiracy talk around Bancroft and, you know, the the after effects of the ball tampering scandal and, you know, he's suggesting that, oh, the, the bowlers knew something about it to the point where the bowlers released a joint statement saying, no, this is categorically false. This is what George Bailey had to say about whether there was some kind of lingering animosity between Cameron Bancroft and the current crop. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to touch on it. Categorically, no. And I've shared this with Cameron on a, on a number of occasions. It has never at any stage been discussed as a from the panel's perspective. Uh, it's purely a cricketing decision. There is not a member of the team that would have uh, an issue with with Cam playing. We, we certainly don't have an issue with it. Um, I, I think a lot of people tend to forget the fact that Cam's actually played test cricket since returning from the ban, it was a long time ago. Um, we've all moved well past that. I'd be disappointed if that's why, if, if people were looking to that as a, as a reason. Um, and, you know, all I can do is, is reiterate to you and, and, and to Cam um, that that's, that's not the case. Um, never has been and never will be. And then Bailey went on to acknowledge that he'd made a strong case through his way to runs, but at the moment they viewed Renshaw as the next best batter in line. And again, I just gave you those stats. He makes a compelling case. And Marcus Harris, too. You've got to feel a bit for Marcus Harris. He has a central contract, Marcus Harris. And he was always the drinks carrier, the spare batter, and just can't get a look. I'm not saying that he was hard done by, but it can be a cruel, cruel world at times in professional sport. So in a sense, sure, Bancroft and Harris can count themselves unfortunate. But I'll ask you this, the listener now. Is he wrong when he says we pick the best six batters in the country? I don't think he is. I think they've got the best six. I really do. And just one more thing on Bancroft. Pat Cummins, by the way, and I saw this tweet from my colleague Adam White. Pat Cummins personally rang Cameron Bancroft to make it clear that his non-selection in the test squad had nothing to do with the sandpaper saga or any subsequent comments made around the issue. Let me repeat that. Pat Cummins, the captain, rang Bancroft to say, hey, mate, hard done by, get that, but just want to let you know that the fact you didn't get picked had nothing to do with sandpaper saga or anything you've said since then about the issue. I mean, our captain is all class. There is a leader right there. And you never shut the door on it. I mean, this is the thing. We thought Kawaja's career was done. We thought maybe Mitch Marsh's career was potentially done. And they've had a second or third or fourth coming. So Bancroft just keeps scoring runs. Kawaja retires, and then what happens? You never know. That's the thing. You're always going to be ready to take your opportunity whenever it may come. Speaking of people that take their opportunities and perhaps haven't had enough opportunities, and I know our dear mate Baratson de Rayson flies the flag for him. We're talking about Michael Nisa. It was the Nisa show at the Big Bash at the Gabba last night. So well done to the Heat. They are flying this season. Haven't lost a match. They beat the Scorchers, who were formidable rivals, by 23 runs. This was at the Gabba, as I mentioned. Brisbane 6 for 191. Perth could manage... 168 in reply for the loss of nine wickets. He did it with a bat, a ball, and he did it in the field. And now, as a result of that win, they've secured first place over the reigning champions. So they've wrapped up top spot now, and as a result of that, a home qualifying final, the Heat, well done to them, 23-run win over Perth. But it was Nisa, 64 from 30 deliveries. And this is the thing, I was quite surprised, I've got to say, I thought, given his formidable county form, that he might have had a look in in the ashes. He didn't. And it wasn't just, of course, with the ball, with a bat who's scoring hundreds. 64 from 30 last night, Nisa. The highest score in the Big Bash. 
or his highest score in the Big Bash, I should say. And that was the difference. They were five for ninety-one of the thirteenth over, lifted them to six to one, six for one ninety-one, and then he got two for thirty-one with the ball, and then a cracking outfield catch to remove Zach Crawley. No, sorry, not Zach Crawley. It was it was Josh Inglis. It was it was twenty-eight of twenty at the time, looking really dangerous. But he hit twenty off the last over from Berendorf, who is a class bowler. He's no mug. Hit twenty. He's just a ripper bloke. And any other era would have played a hell of a lot more test matches for Australia. Probably should play more short ball cricket for Australia too, if we're being honest. So now the Heat moved to 16 points, five clear of Perth. Unassailable position. They will host the qualifier on the Gold Coast January 19 against the team that finishes second with the winners going through to the final. Let's turn our attention to Rugby League. There's not a lot going on in Rugby League at the moment. Don't know if you caught this. Make it this what you will. Tavita Pangai Jr. apparently. Spotted at Broncos training. Now, when he left to pursue a career in boxing, they said, no, nah, he's never going back to rugby league, but is that Broncos training? And people start to just whisper, what's going on here? He's going to make some illustrious comeback at Red Hill. Walked away from a 750k a year deal. Photographed as Kevin Walters side trained at the Red Hill base. Now, this was in the Courier Mail. Refused to be interviewed, but apparently not just there with family and friends to introduce them to Broncos players. But watch this space. And this is a, a handy recruit for the Raiders. Zach Hosking, Junior Mule. And I said to my colleague Joel Kane, we've got to think of a better name than Junior Mule. Son of Mule. Released from his Penrith contract to join Canberra immediately. So the 26-year-old has signed a three-year deal with the Green Machine. Starts this season, too, after playing 21 games for the Premier since joining them last year. So he signed with the Panthers from Brisbane in 2023. Zach Hosking, he missed a spot in the grand final side. Played two games in the centres. But now he comes to the Raiders as a versatile second row. It just adds a bit of depth to the forwards as well. And the Raiders recruitment manager, Joel Carboni, said, in the brief time we've known him through watching him play, it's evident that his work ethic, ability and character will be a great addition to our club. I think he's a really good pickup for Canberra. And he can cover several positions as well. And he made his debut for the Broncos, Zach Hosking, 2022. The latest to leave the Panthers as part, of course, this... Part of this salary cap squeeze following that extraordinary Premiership 3P. And Matt Cameron, who's the Rugby League CEO for the Panthers, he said, look, after coming to Penrith, integral member of the 2023 squad, we knew keeping him at the club beyond 2024 would be an uphill battle and they've got to make these sorts of decisions, don't they? We thank Zach for his services to our club and wish him the best of luck with his future endeavours. 0457 736 736. Well, in light of that recruitment, I haven't really talked about this much. But we know that the Tigers are getting very, very busy. Richo in particular, restructuring the joint. So far, what we've seen with regards to off-season movements, who are your big improvers in the NRL for 2024? Who's going to go up? Titans? I think they'll be improvers. What about the Dogs? They've had a tremendous depth to their squad. Tremendous depth. Probably a front rower short, though. But who else can you get? Can you see the Tigers being big improvers? Not sort of one or two, but who's going to make a jump? Could anyone sneak into the bottom part of the eight that hasn't been there in the past few years? 0457 736 736 as well. And the open line number 1300-01-1170. And then, you know, are you crying conspiracy when it comes to Bancroft's omission? And honestly, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Did the selectors pick Australia's best six batters? Is he right, George Bailey? 
Or can you argue the case against that? If not, who should be in there? Who should be in there? I, I, I can't see how they haven't picked the best six batters. And I hadn't thought about Steve Smith. In fact, no one had thought about Steve Smith. The more I think about it, the more I think, well, if anyone's capable of becoming an opener, it is him. Arguably the best since Bradman. So I want to get your thoughts on that today as well. We are up and running this, what day is it today? Maestro? Maestro is with us. Two buck chuck as well. Thursday. It is Thursday. You know, it's, it's sort of that funny time, isn't it? During the holiday period. Normally it's got that, that grey area between Christmas and New Year's. You have no idea what day it is, but I'm sort of bleeding into the New Year. I'm struggling to find out what day it is. But you know what I do? I look out the window. If the bins are out, then I know it's Thursday. one 300 the open line number. The text line number 0457 736 736. Here with Jules on SEN Summer Mornings.